0: Hey, Joe, you ever seen a podcast as great as the OST party? No. Well, for 20 bucks, you can be on it.
1: Oh, man, really? Oh, that's so great. Oh, God, I got so many opinions. I'm going to (sighs) talk about uh, uh, my favorite soundtracks. I'm going to talk about my favorite movies. I'm going to talk about, I mean. Well, are you going
0: to be on the podcast or not?
1: (laughs) Shit, no, I ain't got 20 bucks. Hello and welcome to another fantabulous episode of the OST Party This is a movie soundtrack podcast where movie fans and music fans get together And have a rockin' good time talking about all of our favorite movie soundtracks I am your eternally beleaguered co-host, Joseph Wade. Here with me tonight, as always, is my lovely and belligerent co-host, Libby Cudmore. Libby, what's shaking with you?
0: Oh, I am so excited about tonight. You have no idea. I I mean, I think I have
1: a little bit of an idea.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's uh, no one has any idea of how excited I am about tonight's film. We are talking about 1989's Roadhouse?
1: Roadhouse!
0: Roadhouse! it is my favorite movie i love it and we're gonna talk about the soundtrack to it tonight
1: so uh, after this episode we will have covered both of our favorite movies so there's nowhere to go from here but down (laughs) we fucked up oh boy (laughs) uh but before uh before we get into roadhouse we do have a little bit of uh uh old business from last week's episode uh so libby uh take it away
0: all right. Well, last time we talked about The Color of Money, and the, our original poll was uh, which song is the best song on The Color of Money. With 50% was Werewolves of London, with 19% was Werewolves of London, also tied for 19% was Werewolves of London, and with 13% Werewolves of London. But seriously, for real. That's about uh,
1: that's about what I expected, <laughs> to be honest.
0: Yes. You know? Uh, we did run a serious poll with 50% – sorry. We <laughs> did run a serious poll with 79% of the vote was Warren Zevon's Werewolves of London. I've never been more proud of you monsters. Uh, tied at 9% was the way that you use it and don't tell me nothing. And with 3% was who owns this place because you – like us, hate Don Henley.
1: Now, I'm going to call shenanigans on this because I specifically told you to put my baby's in love with another guy instead of who owns this place, and you didn't do it.
0: (laughs) I just wanted an excuse to post Yacht Rock. And also, I forgot that you said that.
1: (laughs) The one good song on this entire soundtrack and you ignore it. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. What about Werewolves of London? What was that?
1: I said what I said.
0: (laughs) You're a bad person with an ugly heart. If we sound a little loopy tonight, it's because we actually also uh, just finished recording an episode of Christmas Creeps, which will drop uh, tomorrow. Yes. For this episode.
1: And if we sound loopy now, it's because I've been drinking. <laughs> To get through this madhouse that Libby has constructed for me. Oh uh, yeah. Because we're getting ready to talk about Roadhouse. So before we do any of that though, I, you know, I do this thing that I call Billboarding School, where I take you to the charts and we talk about how this soundtrack did, you know, when it was released. So Roadhouse was released, or rather, Roadhouse debuted on the Billboard Charts June 3rd, 1989, at number 177. Now that week the the highest ranking soundtrack in America was the soundtrack to beaches Ooh. at number three. oh boy, yikes, yes, it,
0: moms everywhere weeping
1: this was yes, this was the early summer of moms, quickly to be supplanted by the summer of like pr- whoever prince fans are um <laughs> but yeah, so everybody everybody, yeah, um also this week. The Jeff Healy band album See the Light was in its seventh week on the charts, which we'll get into in just a little bit. The band, not the album.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so Jeff Healy was living his best life. Jeff Healy was riding high on the hog. So uh, Roadhouse, the soundtrack, peaked in its fourth week at 67, fell off the charts after eight weeks. The week that it fell off the charts, Prince's Batman soundtrack was in its fourth straight week at number one. So okay,
0: that's acceptable.
1: That's the kind of summer we were having. Mm -hmm. Like, Prince was at number one. Ghostbusters 2 was at number three for some reason. We were in a dire place in 1989.
0: Except for Roadhouse. And it came in and it
1: saved us. It came in and it it saved an otherwise uh, Prince-filled summer. So, having said that, uh, let's jump into Roadhouse. Now, Libby, this is your favorite film. Explain.
0: What I love about Roadhouse is that Roadhouse makes everybody happy. This is one of those movies that when you watch it, people just feel good. It's so absurd. It goes from like deadpan comical, because it's not a comedy. I guess it's an action movie, but it's kind of funny. But it's also hyper-violent, so it's not a romance, although there are romance elements. It doesn't know what it is, and as such, it is beautiful. You could not remake Roadhouse. You could not script Roadhouse. Roadhouse just is. Now, the last time, probably the best time I watched this, was with a group of writers at the Barrel House uh, writer camp in the summer of 2017, and a lot of them had never seen it, and there was some hootin' and hollering. (laughs) <laughs> throughout the whole thing, it was delightful. We played it on the big screen. So shout out to my Barrel House 2017 Writer Camp alumni. Dave Hasley, this one's for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yes. Very
1: good. <laughs> uh, and so I'm I'm looking at the director's credits. Uh, Rowdy Harrington, which is an amazing name on its own. That's
0: the kind of name that's the... He cause, was the only man who could have directed Roadhouse. It's the
1: kind of name you see in a Shane Black movie.
0: don't besmirch the good name of roddy harrington
1: (laughs) but uh looking at this is definitely his most famous film he's directed a handful of movies but i also see that he was a um a a lighting grip on repo man which we definitely dedicated an episode to. so it all comes back around yes you were about to say (laughs) i'm sorry no that's fine it all comes back around and also uh there's gonna be a couple of more instances where we're gonna talk about repo man here in a minute
0: Oh so, yes, we are absolutely. So this movie is basically Repo Man,
1: <laughs> kind of. Oh boy, it's
0: Repo Man, but about a bar bouncer who oh. was an NYU philosophy student.
1: <laughs> yeah, like so many of the of the choices and 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 uh, I guess character developments in this film are just strange. Like, why is he an NYU philosophy major? Why is he working in uh, a Jasper? Was it? jasper missouri jasper missouri like why is he a bouncer with this weird like thing for tai chi
0: why do people think he'd be taller
1: yeah like i don't know i don't really understand it but it it just is and you just kind of have to roll with it or else this movie's gonna make no sense to you this movie is chaos And it is beautiful. This, okay, as I was watching it, so this movie is like almost wall-to-wall bar fights. Like, there's an actual plot in here, but so much (laughs) of this movie is just bar fight the movie.
0: Yeah, with Jeff Healy playing over them.
1: It occurred to me, so have you seen the Darren Aronofsky movie Mother?
0: I have not, because again, my favorite film is Roadhouse. Do I look like a Darren Aronofsky fan?
1: I forget who I'm talking to. I'm the only person on this podcast who watches real movies. Uh, so <laughs> you take that back. <laughs> I realized for any, any any of the three going of you to see Star Wars out, for any. Hang on, no, 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 no. we're not there yet. It's it's November, not December. For any of the three of you out there who have seen Mother, I realized when I was watching Roadhouse that if I was asked to remake Mother the with my personal fears and anxieties and like insecurities the movie i would make would be roadhouse (laughs) i would be trapped in a a a bar in the outskirts of kansas city and there would be people throwing knives and throwing punches and i couldn't escape and it would just crush my soul and that's (laughs) what i fear most in this world
0: that is an incredibly elaborate fear
1: Uh, straight up i will say it if 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 your bar has live music i'm probably not gonna go in
0: That's, That's, I I vary because I generally like live music. I don't like live music in bars because they are too small.
1: That's part of it. Yeah. I just, it's, it's, it's not an atmosphere I enjoy.
0: Yeah. Also, I like sitting.
1: That's true too. I do enjoy a good chair. I
0: I like theater seats.
1: So, (laughs) so like going into this and just watching this chaos unfurl, it gave me a little bit, a little bit of a not a headache, but just like a sense of dread. Like, oh, this is the whole movie, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, okay, we'll move on from this, from my personal <laughs> grudges and bullshits. How do we want to structure this conversation? Because the soundtrack does not follow the film, you know, chronologically.
0: We're going to follow the film because the soundtrack leaves off several key pieces. So we're going to talk about the film. We will mention when uh songs do appear on the soundtrack, um, uh, and when they do not. So okay. really just kind of follow along. This soundtrack is available on vinyl. I believe it is on blue vinyl. I do not own it. If somebody would like to buy it for me, I would not stop them.
1: Alright. Sounds yeah, sounds good. <laughs> I have I have the CD here in front of me because it was three dollars on Amazon.
0: Nice. So here's what you need to know about Dalton. He has no last name and he is played by Patrick Swayze. He is the best cooler. He's not just a bouncer. He's the cooler, I guess. In the world, I guess, Roadhouse takes place in a 1989 where bouncers are world famous and where people know the famous bouncers. But he is uh, bouncing at a club in New York City, and then Kevin Ty comes up and wants him to bounce at his club. The Double Deuce in Jasper, Missouri. And mm-hmm. Now, while this is happening, uh, there is uh, a bar fight, which we'll talk about momentarily. And but first, we have our first, uh, our first song. Why don't you tell us about that?
1: All right. So this is uh, the Cruzados playing "Don't Throw Stones." Let's go ahead and take a listen to that. <laughs> She ran out of love. Every and is bothering him. Definitely not the lady who was I. Don't grow so. You don't know. It's pretty righteous. It's It's a banger. I like it. I'm into it. Now, this is... One of, I guess this is really the only intersection with Repo Man here, because uh, playing guitar, uh, playing lead, is Tito LaRiva, who we last heard on Repo Man as the guitarist for The Plugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing here with his, his house band, The Cruzados, who I guess were, they were trying to be the house band in Roadhouse, and it didn't work out for them. No, because you had Jeff Healy. You had Jeff Healy, but also I do know they like contributed some songs to the soundtrack, and all of them got cut. Mm-hmm. but they at least got a bone thrown to him here like oh you're in the first scene in the movie so that's that's good for them yeah yes. this is just a, a good a lot of this soundtrack is just like good rockin kind of bar music lots of mm-hmm. like shredding guitars lots of kind of bluesy riffs um and i'm into a lot of that it's it's all very kind of backgroundy like none of it really stands out to me
0: yeah uh there are some tracks that are better than others this is one of the better ones so mm-hmm. But this dude is wearing a vest, so uh, he has points subtracted.
1: Yeah, it was the 80s.
0: Yes. Now, uh, <laughs> this scene uh, features a memorable exchange where uh, you first see Dalton's cooling technique, which is a man and a woman fight. She uh, puts a knife on the table, and he kicks her in the vagina. <laughs> and... Dalton goes to grab him or Dalton sends his bouncers to grab him. The guy says he's always wanted to try Dalton. He says, let's take it outside. And then once they get outside, he just goes back in the club. Which is important. Dalton's philosophy, as we'll get to it in a little while, is always take it outside. And I really feel that's an important thing to live by. Especially think of think of your Twitter. Some guy tries to start shit with you. Take it outside. And by take it outside, sometimes that means just Walk it off. Just don't start a fight there in the club. Take it outside. Ask yourself, All right, am I really going to start shit in front of everybody? In take a way, it
1: taking it outside is life's block button.
0: Yeah. Take and it we, outside. And we
1: should use it more often.
0: I agree. So a lot of really good philosophies in this. He was, in fact, an NYU philosophy student. This is true. So, uh,
1: But also in this exchange, Dal- we, we, we see Dalton take a hit with the stab with the knife he gets stabbed yes and uh very soon after this he is in the back room stitching up his own stab wounds because that's just the kind of man that dalton is
0: yes this is important and it leads later to one of the film's many 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 great lines this is where uh frank tillman from the double deuce uh finds him offers him uh a job he says he will drive to Jasper, Missouri because flying is too dangerous. This is the kind of man we're dealing with. So he goes, he gets his car which is a nineteen sixty 1986 Mercedes 560 SEC. Wow. Uh, and he hides it so that people who don't like his bouncing and cooling technique don't smash it up. It's very he pops clever. in. Yes. He pops in a Jeff Healy tape uh, to hear On the Road Again and drives towards Jasper. Now, here's where I have not some issues, but some confusion. Because Jeff Healy is in the film, but he's not Jeff Healy. He's Cody. But we're listening to Jeff Healy. So, does Jeff Healy exist in the world of Roadhouse outside of Cody? Discuss among yourself.
1: And is Cody doing covers of the Jeff Healy band? So is this entire soundtrack album under the covers, as it were?
0: Yes. That's, you know, it's a good question. It is a good question. And when he arrives, Jeff Healy is still playing uh, On the Road Again. It's apparently a very long song. (laughs) (laughs) He arrives at the Double Deuce. And what happens on his first night... Is one of my favorite exchanges in film. Let's just play a clip.
1: Ha 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 Ever seen a better pair of attitudes? So Fine, ain't they? <laughs> Tell you what, for 20 bucks, you can kiss them. Are you kidding? Get a kiss, here and now. It's a great little grift on uh, somebody's part. <laughs> I don't know the, the the guy without twenty bucks. I think he's got the right idea. I don't, I
0: don't know. know. I I I'm always fascinated by the idea that this is just something they do. They just go from bar to bar, and that he's so offended that this man would touch his wife's breasts without twenty dollars. Like how dare you have despoiled our arrangement?
1: How <laughs> how dare you, sir? I mean, it's like You did the- not exchange
0: money, and yet you copped a feel of my wife.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's like a it's the it's the the highway code: ask ask gas or grass. No one rides for free. I guess so. <laughs> you know,
0: but but he didn't kiss them. I mean, it's not like he got it for free.
1: That's true. He didn't
0: actually like go through with. You know, he didn't say you could touch them or kiss them. So, hmm. but anyway, so a big old fight breaks out. And it should be noted that Jeff Healy is playing behind chicken wire.
1: Yes. Because people are throwing glass bottles at him. Ugh. so I feel bad I for just this wanna, guy.
0: Yeah, I want to say a couple things about Jeff Healy since or rather Cody, um and the and Jeff Healy. Uh Jeff Healy is uh he was blind. Uh he had retinoblastoma, which is a rare cancer of the eyes when he was a year old and his eyes were surgically removed. He was given ocular prosthesis. And yet he is still a fucking amazing guitarist.
1: That explains why he's sitting down and playing the guitar that way and I was yeah. wondering about that.
0: Yes, he um that's his style. He started playing the guitar when he was 3. Uh he formed bands when he was 15. And it uh, was a jazz and blues radio DJ and, in Canada, and really is, or was rather an, in- an incredible incredible musician. Um, unfortunately, he uh, he died of a uh, sarcoma in 2008. Oh. He was 41 years old. Wow. I honestly feel that Roadhouse was his greatest achievement. I mean, he's on uh, there's a park in Toronto that's been named the Jeff Healy Park. He's in on Canada's Walk of Fame. Uh, he's won all sorts of awards. Roadhouse really is his best achievement.
1: Oh, good for him! Yeah, like, yeah. I, I really actually I didn't know any of that, and I just thought that was an odd uh, like playing style choice that he made. I didn't realize it was an actual like necessity mm-hmm. for him. Yes. But that's but... great. Like, yeah. So God bless really Jeff great.
0: Healy. He's watching over us right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he also, during this scene, plays a cover of uh, Travelin' Band, which is just as bland as bland can be.
1: It's, it's okay. Yeah. It's not great. Um, but so Dalton comes in to the Double Deuce to clean house, mm-hmm. and one of his first orders of business is to uh, fire all of the unseemly elements from the bar. Who is the first person that he fires? It's pro wrestler Terry Funk. (laughs) Yes.
0: Who is the second person he fires? It is John Doe of the band X. Yep. (laughs) He's skimming off the top. Mm -hmm. Uh, He later fires a guy for uh, having sex with a patron. During which we get one of, again, the film's other immortal lines, which is, you can be my Saturday night thing.
1: Oh, God, yeah. Okay, so we need to pause for a second, just so I can tell you this. So, one of my favorite MST3K episodes is Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. And they have yes, that very- Patrick, Swayze, Patrick Christmas, Swayze Christmas. Based
0: on my favorite film, Roadhouse.
1: And Crow says the line, you're my new Saturday night thing. I did not know that was from that scene in this movie. <laughs> and when he- When he said that, it blew my mind, (laughs) because I've been saying that at people for 15 years.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. Also, uh, Patrick Swayze Christmas should be our outro. Oh,
1: God, yes. Are you kidding me?
0: (laughs) And actually, MST3K was how I came to this film, because they they did talk about it. Uh, Mike Nelson has written about it uh, in Movie Mega Cheese, and then it was the first Riff Tracks.
1: Yeah, it was ever made. It's just kind of a, it's it's an easy punching bag, I guess I'll say. Like, but it's, it's... also,
0: they, they take it with a sort of reverence, because it's so goofy, but it's, you can't be mad at Roadhouse. No.
1: Like,
0: you can, you're laughing along with it, because it's clearly mm-hmm, goofy. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, there are so many other worse movies out there than Roadhouse. Like, are you really going to heap all of your scorn upon Patrick Swayze?
0: You better not, because he fucking not. died for your sins. Wow,
1: <laughs> it's it true. is it is yeah, yeah. it's it's so. it's all true things. But so Dalton gets in hot water almost immediately because one of the people that he fires turns out to be the nephew of sort of the what are we going to call this guy? The town bully, essentially.
0: Well, he's uh.
1: He's he's a he's a he's a a whiskey distributor. No, well, no, foremost.
0: he's just he's a, a businessman about town. I uh, uh, yeah, and his name
1: Brad, Brad Wesley, Wesley he, played by the late great Ben Gazzara, who throughout this entire film I kept saying in my notes, Jackie Treehorn does this, Jackie Treehorn does that, because he's also in The Big Lebowski, and I know him from that. as is, as is
0: Sam Elliott.
1: Oh shit, you're right I didn't even put those two together God,
0: get it together, man No, so Brad Wesley Is a businessman about town So the point is Dalton Is here to stay And he is going to clean up the double deuce And Brad Wesley Not the big of a fan Because he and his goons Were all skimming from the double deuce There's actually John Doe has a pretty good plot of how he skims and you've got
1: quite a little enterprise going here what You're going through a bottle every 30 minutes you're skimming the till for six shots a bottle on drafts one every 10. I figure he's costing you about 150 a night so so consider it severance pay take the train
0: here's where Dalton lays out his philosophy and everybody's there, including Cody. And well, I guess just this quote too. <laughs> it's such oh, a, yeah. so great. We're,
1: we're just going to play the next 15 to 20 minutes of roadhouse. Yeah. Though, so you're not complaining. You're
0: listening. Cause you love roadhouse.
1: Well, here's one thing where I want to stop and just kind of talk about, like, the plot of the movie and the way that it's built. Because the actual plot doesn't really reveal itself for, like, an hour.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like, bar fights first... in between.
1: There's a lot of bar fights. Like, it's really just setting up who Dalton is and what kind of a man man this character is. So that when the plot finally reveals itself, like, in The, the last 15 minutes say, like, of the, the film. The third act, the plot suddenly shows up. And it becomes a completely different kind of movie which is amazing but not really because it's still roadhouse
0: <laughs> but one of the things that we notice about wesley is that he throws these extravagant pool parties and dalton observes this from his rather beautiful loft which he pays a hundred dollars a month for from the farmer Emmett. and this is actually set to bob Seeger's blue monday so let's play a clip this is on the soundtrack
1: Monday, got to work, rather sleep all day, here come Tuesday, oh hard Tuesday, I'm so tired, and got no time to play, here come Wednesday. I bleed to myself, this is my favorite New Order cover.
0: Okay, well it's not really a New Order cover.
1: I know that. <laughs> oh it's a joke Libby I'm making jokes here
0: I just it's important to me that you know these things <laughs> no um this I have a weird relationship with Bob Seger so because I kind of like this song but the song Hollywood Nights tends to get stuck in my head at like really inopportune times like one time during sex oh boy. it was not good <laughs>
1: There's something in this song that I absolutely hate more than anything I think I've ever hated. Go on. There is a saxophone solo in the in the middle of this song.
0: It's pretty bad. But it's
1: not a saxophone. It's a synthesizer saxophone it's solo. It's really
0: bad. Bob Seeger is the worst.
1: Say that ten times fast. Synthesizer synthesizer saxophone solo. Synthesizer you saxophone solo. It. Okay. You're better than I'm I am. I'm also not drunk. That's fair. <laughs> Um, but this also, Bob Seger sings this like he's trying to cover a Randy Newman song, and it's just the It worst. is. It's
0: pretty bad. Uh, it is during a pool party scene where there are a lot of boobs, but mm-hmm. there's one guy, and he's it's the tall guy. What was his name? I don't know. Probably the wrestler, I would assume.
1: Terry Funk. It might be Terry Maybe. Funk,
0: and he is dancing in the worst and most amazing way possible. Look out for him. He's wearing a white suit. <laughs> it's really goofy and it shows again just like the extravagance of wesley versus the simple quiet nature of dalton
1: mm-hmm. because one of the like amazing things about this movie is that uh, the uh the loft that dalton rents from Emmett the farmer is directly across the river from wesley's like palatial estate yes which is just just fantastic like it it's so fortuitous and so fantastic. Like, it's just... And
0: Wesley uh, will often fly his helicopter over Emmett's estate, or Emmett's over Emmett's farm, just to fuck yeah. with him.
1: Just to be a dick about it, yeah.
0: He really shows you <laughs> how much of a dick he is when he is driving his car, like, down the middle of the road, swerving around the line to the crew cuts, shaboom, Life Could Be a Dream. Let's go to it. If I could take you up up to paradise up above, if you you would tell me me that I'm the only one that that you love, life could be a dream, dream, sweetheart. Every every time I look look at you, 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 something
1: something is on my mind. If you do do what I want you you to, baby, we'd be so fine
0: now every time i hear this song i think of uh ben kazara just driving around singing crossing the center line just <laughs> driving
1: just swerving back and forth like an old person so. would, but
0: deliberately so it's his road but on yeah.
1: purpose it's his road it's his town who's gonna exactly. say no But also, like, as soon as this scene plays, like, the first thing my mind goes to is Clue, because this is the other movie that uses this song. And I think you and I talked about this off off podcast before the show started. I think this one uses it better. I
0: think so, too. Because the one in Clue, you could have used any song. There's just something about him, like, driving around, singing, you know, life could be a dream, and just swerving around, just gentle until he almost runs Patrick Swayze off the road, but he doesn't care. It's his fucking town. Patrick Swayze's an interloper.
1: Yeah. So, That's right. He doesn't belong yeah.
0: there. Uh, now, there is another song. There's a scene between uh, Dalton and John Doe, Pat the Bartender, during which Jeff Healy mm-hmm. is playing One Foot on the Gravel. And, again, it's just kind of a Jeff Healy song. All the Jeff Healy songs honestly sound the same. Um, They're all covers, yeah, so... Uh, unless-
1: yeah, yeah, they're all covers. So, uh, yeah, there, there's one in particular that stands out to me, but we'll get that get yes. to that one later on.
0: Um, and during this, he is stabbed, and he <laughs> has to go to the ER, where he meets Doctor Elizabeth Clay, aka Doc,
1: Doctor Good and Sexy.
0: Yes, aka Kelly Lynch, yes. and. She goes to give him some staples, and he refuses anesthetic because, and I quote, pain don't hurt. Think about that when you're getting your flu shot, everyone.
1: Pain don't hurt. <laughs> Shut up, asshole. <laughs> and, and then, and then she, she says, how did this happen? And he goes, natural causes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> see, that's what I mean by this film is a comedy. But it's not that kind of thing isn't like played for like haha laughs. It's played for levity in an otherwise bleak story.
1: Yeah, like it knows what kind of story this is, so they've all just kind of committed to having fun with it. Basically. Yeah,
0: it's weirdly charming.
1: So and she 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 like reads his file, which apparently he takes with him everywhere because it, it saves it saves him on time because he knows he's going to have to go to the hospital and he knows they're going to need to read his file.
0: Mhm. So <laughs> but just she cares. reads his
1: Yeah, exactly. She just car- he just carries it with him and she reads that he's an NYU philosophy major and she's like you know what uh, what uh, anything in particular he, he, his, his answer is beautiful I mean, It's <laughs> like man's search for faith that kind of shit.
0: Also I hope that my medical records don't have where I went to grad school. Yeah. Because I don't want that to be like oh you're a creative writing major so we're not getting paid are we. <laughs> That's why you have such shitty health insurance.
1: You have a a film studies degree and you're an organ donor? Well. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's it for you, my friend. (sighs) But then then this is kind of after this, the next day, this is really where the plot kind of starts to emerge because uh, Dalton goes to uh, Red's auto shop to buy some parts for his car that they keep destroying. And uh, Wesley shows up does his thing and leaves, and then that's when we learn that he's basically bullying the entire town for like 10% of all their profits.
0: Yes, under the Jasper Be- Beautification Society.
1: That's it, yeah. So. And, yeah, it's it's, it's an extreme kind of mafia sort of move. Mm-hmm. Protection, quote-unquote, or beautification, as it were. And
0: Red doesn't want to pay it, and he doesn't think mm-hmm. he should have to. No. So, And he shouldn't. Now, uh, during this time... It's time to call in reinforcements. And mm-hmm. so Dalton calls up his mentor. Uh, Wade Garrett, played by, drumroll please, because this needs it, Sam fucking Elliot. Damn. Yes.
1: Wade yes. Garrett, which is uh, 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 my grandfather's name backwards.
0: Hmm. Very cool. Interesting. So, uh, his introduction... Is the most <laughs> Sam Elliott thing ever. He is wearing a black T-shirt, bartending at a place where they are having a wet G-string contest.
1: Not content to have a wet T-shirt contest, the T-shirt is crossed
0: out of the sign. A side. step
1: further. And we're having a wet g string contest with what looks like an entire like platoon of, of young uh, army recruits.
0: To Mustang Sally.
1: Mustang Sally <laughs>
0: is the song that is playing. Just so that you know, like these are good, old fashioned folks. It's a country blues bar band. This is assumedly played on the jukebox. It is the uh, mm-hmm. the Wilson Pickett version.
1: Mm-hmm. That is who does yeah. it. Yeah, it's it's uh it's kind of like what we were talking about with Color of Money, how. That's the kind of music you would hear in a place like that. And that's the kind of music they put in a movie. It is
0: not a bar band. It is the original.
1: No, it is the original song from a jukebox.
0: So uh, he's talking to Wade and uh, telling him about everything that's going on in his life. I get the sense that Wade taught him everything he needs to know about cooling. Wade is a legendary cooler, by the way, Mm -hmm. because this is a world where that exists. There are bouncers that are legendary.
1: In the Cooler Hall of Fame, there are only two yes. men. And there's it's Wade and Dolph. Yes, Dalton.
0: indeed. And I like that. Actually, um, I didn't realize what a big deal like bouncing and cooling was because a local bar uh, here in Oneonta, the Sip and Sail, uh, just got shut down for they had something like 250 people in the bar. And 90% of them were under 21. Ooh. Yeah, there was a huge raid. And apparently, among the plenty of other charges, uh, they were charged with using unlicensed bouncers. So apparently, in New York, you have to be a licensed bouncer.
1: Is there a bouncer's union? I don't know.
0: But if so, I have a feeling that uh, Dalton is, uh, you know, he's a union leader.
1: Yeah, he's he's the leader of his local uh, bouncer uh,
0: two hundred five.
1: <laughs> bouncer two
0: hundred five. <laughs> so. I I just had
1: this image in my head of bouncers like basically like Girl Scouts, and that's not right. Like, <laughs> like, no unions. They don't sell cookies. They don't do any of that shit. Let's no, no, move no. on.
0: Yes. Um. So now the double deuce. It's all cleaned up. It's no longer the kind of place where you sweep up the eyeballs. At the end of the night. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's no longer a place where you can get a good Buick by calling. (laughs) That'll make sense if you see our gif.
1: On Twitter, yes. (laughs) Uh, We should, I guess, I mentioned before this, uh, Wesley offers Dalton a chance to come work for him. And Dalton turns him down cold. Oh, yeah. It's it's just not in his philosophy. He doesn't believe in it. He doesn't want anything to do with it. He's going to work at making the double deuce the best it can be.
0: Yes, and by the best it could be, it looks like a fucking Applebee's. Everybody has matching shirts. It's extremely well lit.
1: Yeah, it's safe.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of boring. I like the old Double Deuce. There's no longer chicken wire because um, Kathleen Kathleen Wilhote, who plays... Uh, one of the waitresses She is now up there singing With the Jeff Healy band She's singing uh, Knock on Wood Let's go to a clip Ooh. this is not on the soundtrack, which is kind of a shame because she deserves better. And she's actually put out several albums. It's not a great version. I'm going to be honest. It's not great, but it's
1: it's, it's fun and I enjoy that she's having a good time with it.
0: Yeah, and I think part of it is I'm really spoiled because the version of Knock on Wood that I have is Michael McDonald with Phoebe Snow from Uh, uh, 1991's The Rock and Soul Review Live at the Beacon. And that is a knockout version so this is just this sounds like any other bar band and i feel like that is where jeff healy excels in this film is you really feel like this is a bar band for good and for ill
1: yeah because that's what a bar band is supposed to do they're not supposed to uh take over i guess the 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 attention of, of the entire bar they're just supposed to play music for Everybody that's there, not just yeah. putting on a show—they're the bar band.
0: Yeah, you the house band, and uh, you know, so they—he's doing—he's doing a good job, and he's again, as we said, he's a brilliant uh, guitar player. Mm-hmm. So everything's going well, but you know that cannot last. So because what happens is now Wesley has decided to tell his goons to stop delivering liquor to the bar so you've got a bar you have a bouncer and a cooler you've got a bar band you just don't have any booze yeah Which...
1: and they're starting to run dry yep
0: and th- did you catch who the bartender was
1: it's keith david <laughs> yes it's and... like one year removed from uh the uh, intense beating that he got in they live keith david is working behind the bar
0: well, and apparently he had like a full arc and he had a lot more scenes and they got cut for time.
1: Oh, that's a shame.
0: It is. It is. So my favorite role of his is the princess and the frog because he sings.
1: Dr. Facilia is a great character. Yes. yes I'll, and I'll he, co-sign that. Even
0: if he's singing Randy Newman songs, he should be up there <laughs> singing Knock on Wood. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. So, um, so that is when Wade Garrett rolls the fuck up.
1: That's right. And Dalton is getting his shit wrecked out back.
0: Yeah, because Wesley's goons are just, you know, throwing his liquor down and just punching him in the gut. And he just, like, rolls up, like, hey, what's up? And then proceeds to kick the shit out of all of them because he's Sam fucking Elliot. hmm That's right. it's amazing. Now, at some point, I just need to point out, there is a really, I think it's around this scene, there is a really, really weak performance of The Doors Roadhouse Blues. Yes. That is actually the opening track on The Roadhouse album. It's a bad opening track, because it is, it sounds, remember how a few minutes ago we all had fun when we were saying they sound like every other bar band? Well, they really sound like every other bar band here.
1: Everyone who's ever tried to cover The Doors drunk. Sounds it's like this.
0: Really, really, really bad. It's not great.
1: I mean, so- we should put the clip in here because this is what we do, right?
0: Yes, yeah, so we're gonna but put maybe- it in, and you'll see.
1: Please feel free to skip to the, you know thirty seconds ahead. It, eh. No, it's not good. <laughs> I'm trying to give them some credit here, okay? No. Like, it's okay. Like, it's not bad. It's serviceable. I forgot this was a Doors song while they was, while they were playing it.
0: Yeah, it's not good. Uh, and they probably went with it because it is called Roadhouse Blues, and the film is called Roadhouse.
1: Yeah, it's a slam dunk. Yeah. Why not? Why wouldn't you do it? So. Uh, al- also, another thing we kinda, we're kind of glossing over here is that at some point in all of this... Uh, Dr. Liz shows up at the bar. Mm-hmm. And she and Dalton go and have a nice cup of coffee and everybody's hunky-dory. And at some point, they he takes her back to his uh, pad and they do the thing.
0: Yeah, they boink it out. And oh, yeah. he's turning on the radio. He turns off, I sold my soul for rock and roll. And instead... <laughs> Uh, puts on These Arms of Mine by Otis Redding, which is a much better choice. However, this scene is so weird. This is the one of the weirdest sex scenes because he's like doing her up against like a stone yeah. wall, and I was just like, ah! <laughs> yeah.
1: I was watching this going like, this can't be the whole scene, right? And for a second, you're like, oh shit, it is the whole scene. And yeah. then they move to the bed, thank God. But still... That's yeah. just the kind of kind of guy Dalton is, right?
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of naked butts in this film, like male and female. You see a lot mm-hmm. of Patrick Swayze nudity. Now, uh, Kelly Lynch, who plays Doc, told the AV Club, and I quote: Every time Roadhouse is on, Murray and one of uh, Bill Murray or one of his idiot brothers are watching TV. They're always watching TV. One of them calls my husband and says Kelly's having sex with Patrick Swayze right now. They're doing it. He's throwing her <laughs> against the rocks.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> Bill Murray is a national treasure. He is. Bill Murray recently applied to work at a P.F. Chang's, and I love it.
0: That's the best. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard. So, uh, yes. So we've got that. Uh, <laughs> after the, the, after okay. that is a cover of what? White Room, which is also terrible.
1: Yep. Yep, yep, um, yep.
0: The, the covers that your average person would know that the Jeff Healy band does are all bad. The covers those kind of stuff. I don't want to say obscure stuff because some blues dad will say, oh, it's not that obscure uh, stuff. I don't know are actually pretty good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So i um, so now- re-
1: well now oh. real quick. So Dalton and Liz are a thing now. And, uh, Wesley sees them having sex on the roof of this house because he lives across the lake well guess what we discover that Wesley used to have a thing for Liz and that's not going to be good for anybody nope and <laughs> as as, uh, as Dalton takes Liz to meet uh, Wade they go to a diner and Wade insists on dancing with her to all of my exes live in Texas which is a great little scene
0: yeah it's actually let's let's play a clip cuz that that is a good scene and it's a, a song worthy of uh, it's George Strait
1: Texas Texas. And Texas is a place
0: I'd really love to be but all my exes live in Texas
1: And that's why yeah, this this one definitely belonged on the soundtrack, and I have to imagine money was the only reason why not. Why they didn't yes. do it.
0: And it is in this scene where they are drinking beer for breakfast. They've been out all night, by the way. On yes. like post uh post bouncing shift. They, you know, have a beer while everyone's sweeping up and then go to this diner. Uh you get two great lines um uh, where Wade says, you want to see a scar? I'll show you a scar. And then proceeds to, like, unzip his very, very long zipper. And you could see the top of his pubes.
1: Yeah. It's...
0: uh... Yeah. Because he's got a big, long scar. And you're just like, you know what? Sam Elliott is awesome. He's badass. And whatever.
1: You know what, Sam? You can keep it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But then... During the diner scene, because she goes to go to the bathroom, and we learn one of the most crucial facts about this film, this is seated in, is that Patrick Swayze fucking killed a guy, and uh, we uh, hear uh, about uh, it early in the film from Jimmy, who's one right, of the, uh, yes. one of the one of uh, Wesley's goons, that. Apparently, he had had an affair with a woman who didn't tell him that she was married. and The husband came after him, and he ripped his fucking throat out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. He did that. So
1: it's, it's a self-defense question, and movies have been playing with this for a long time.
0: Well, it seems like the jury acquitted him, and he could still be a bouncer. And he didn't lose his bouncer license. Right.
1: But so- oh, no, Nicolas Cage kills a guy, and he has to go on the criminal plane in Con Air.
0: So, yeah. well, Whatever. Patrick Swayze had a better lawyer, I guess.
1: Fair enough, yeah.
0: So, they're at the Roadhouse. Uh, More bad covers are playing, I'm sure. And Red Webster's store is destroyed in a fiery blaze.
1: It doesn't just go up in flames. It fucking explodes.
0: Yeah, it's in slow motion.
1: (laughs) In slow motion.
0: So, and then...
1: Luckily, Red was not in there. I was actually, like, terrified that they had murdered Red. Yeah, in that no, scene. they
0: no, that would be too horrible. And Brad Wesley goes to the double deuce. Everyone's kind of chilling afterwards. And surprisingly nonchalant about the fact that a building just blew up from, like, about 100 feet from the bar that they are currently occupying. Yeah, yeah. And he tells his wife, Denise, to that she can dance. And she asks that Jeff Healy... Play something with balls.
1: El- he he calls him Elvis. <laughs> Elvis, play something with balls.
0: And he proceeds to play Hoochie Coochie Man. So let's let's go to a clip. You can hear the. Mm-hmm. Elvis, play something with balls. <sighs>
1: Gypsy woman told my mother I was born, she said you got a boy child coming.
0: I give this one and a half ball <laughs> I don't know if he really plays it with balls so he, I don't
1: he yeah. he plays it like a man who's terrified at getting shot so
0: yes yeah uh. during this scene Denise who apparently does not know how to dance, because her dance is very, very bad. Uh strips off all of her clothes.
1: <laughs> it's a very 80s strip tease, yeah.
0: Yeah, it there's flailing, there's like weird chair humping. Well, what it's, are you
1: supposed to do when you don't have a stripper pole to work with? Well, she
0: uses Patrick Swayze as a stripper pole at one point.
1: That's true, yeah. You work so, with what you got.
0: And from there, um, jimmy proceeds to fight patrick swayze with a pool cue
1: and now this is where i started having flashbacks to the (laughs) color of money because in an alternate universe i could totally see vince becoming jimmy
0: (laughs) i like this this is another one of our sequels this is like the color of money extended universe that overlaps with the roadhouse (laughs) extended universe
1: Fuck yes, it does.
0: (laughs) Which apparently is part of the Big Lebowski extended universe?
1: Oh, yeah. Why not? And also, like, there's, I think it's in this scene where uh, a guy walks into a bar with a a knife underneath one of his shoes.
0: No, that's way earlier.
1: Okay. It's Jimmy the first time. Dalton spots that from a mile away and the camera zooms in on it. And for a second, so I was like, okay, which, which movie would this pair better with? the color of money or surviving edged weapons and i gen- I genuinely don't know which is what works better here libby you, are you are you familiar with the, the the amazingness that is surviving edged weapons
0: i am not
1: it was a police training video produced in the late 80s or early 90s and it's just it's basically like reenactments of times that police officers have been attacked with edged weapons explaining how you can you know, survive edged weapon attacks, and it's like, oh, people can hide uh, knives under their boots, or people can can sew razor blades into their baseball caps, and you have to be prepared for these things if you're going to work as a cop or in a roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's amazing.
0: Okay, you have to find that and post it.
1: It's it's fantastic. That's beautiful. Um, but yeah, so like, if surviving edged weapons were a real movie, it would just be Roadhouse. <laughs> Because there are knives everywhere.
0: Yes, there are. And now from here, uh, (laughs) the music kind of drops out because um, uh, Pete Stroudemire, who owns the car dealership, apparently he didn't want to pay either because... uh, Wesley's goons drive a fucking monster truck through his car dealership. Now, you're asking yourself, where are the cops in all this? And there's a brief mention that, like, oh, he owns the cops. Here's the thing. I don't think there are any cops in Jasper, Missouri.
1: He owns the cops, but do you see any? No. Why? Because he doesn't own any cops because there aren't any cops. Yeah, there
0: are no cops. Uh, Like, two cops show up at the end, but we'll get to that. And then uh, I...
1: So, at this point, it it becomes, like, every other, like, 80s teen, like, we have to save the rec center from the evil businessman kind of movie, but it's fucking R-rated and bloody and gruesome, and I kind of love it now.
0: Yes. (laughs) So, Wade tries to convince Dalton to leave. Dalton doesn't want to leave. Doc, for some reason, says, who's going to save the people from you? Like, um... I don't think anybody needs to save anybody from Dalton because he's just trying to keep people from starting fights in a bar and Brad Wesley is driving his car or driving his monster truck through car dealerships and blowing up people's shops. So I feel like there's some whataboutism going on there. Yeah,
1: really? Like, Doc, have you not been paying attention? Really?
0: (laughs) So uh, uh,
1: Emmett's house blows up. It blows the fuck up,
0: and he runs in and saves Emmett. And who blew it up but Jimmy and his it's motorcycle? Jimmy.
1: So then Dalton and Jimmy are fighting on the the river riverfront, and it's brutal.
0: And we have it's... again one of the most famous lines in the film. <laughs> I used to fuck guys like you in prison.
1: What is it about the grown men in this film that just, they want Dalton's ass?
0: Well, it's a pretty good one. He does Tai Chi, as we see earlier.
1: I mean, it, it is. And the like the women, like like Doc, like they appreciate it. They don't say anything about it. But then the, the, the supposedly straight men are saying the quiet part out loud, and it's oh, yeah. bugging the shit out of me. No, it's
0: amazing. <laughs> I uh, love it. So, he has no choice. And Dalton rips Jimmy's throat out.
1: He rips his throat out. He
0: promised... He would never rip throats, but he rips throats again.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? Jimmy pulled a gun on him, so what yeah. was he going to do?
0: And Doc seems, like, mildly perturbed by all of this. She just sort of storms away in a huff. Like, she just watched a dude pull a gun on her boyfriend and then him rip a guy's throat out, and she's like, Ugh, and, like, walks away. And then he throws the body into the water and yells, Fuck you to Wesley, which is mm. not as good of a comeback as, uh, He's to fuck guys like you in prison.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: how do you even respond to that
1: you're a philosophy major sir could you not come up with anything better
0: yeah that's that's a pretty good line Yeah. So, uh then wesley kills wade <sighs> which is a really really horrible thing that's the movie gets really dark at this point you know no music
1: y- yeah like the the score kind of takes over for a bit like the michael Kamen uh or, composed score and the only comment I'll make about that is that it really sounds like his score from Die Hard. So I have to believe it's just, like, recycled shit he didn't use in Die Hard.
0: Yeah, because we've got the Jeff Healy band. What else do we need? Yeah, exactly. So,
1: But but also I want to point out that, like, I have a weird uh, relationship with any character in any movie whose name is Wade. Because as far as I'm aware, all the Wades that I've seen in films get brutally murdered.
0: Yikes. Like, Lock do you your remember? Door.
1: Yeah, for real. Like, do you remember uh, Saving Private Ryan?
0: Uh, no, I never saw it. I... Oh,
1: God. I well, figured it was just alert. not,
0: not going to be for me.
1: Well, spoiler alert the character named Wade gets fucking murdered in the worst scene in the film.
0: Jeez. Uh, oh,
1: I, I know. it's 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 a troubled relationship, me and movies, I swear.
0: So, alas. Uh, so then comes the big fight scene.
1: Mm hmm. Final showdown,
0: and this is actually it's it it's a good fight scene. Tinker, who is one of uh one of Wesley's henchmen, uh, a polar bear falls on him. There <laughs> is some um, he's gonna rip out Wesley's throat, but he doesn't because character development.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's not for lack movie. of trying.
0: No, but he thinks no, I can't, I can't rip throats out anymore. I'm a better man than this. And then everybody else from the town, Red and Emmett and Pete and everybody show up and then just fucking pump Wesley full of bullets.
1: They just blow them away one after the other.
0: And then the cops show up and they're like, I didn't see nothing. Did you see nothing? Red's like, I didn't see nothing. And then they all laugh. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and like right before the cops walk in, Red collects all the, the shotguns and just walks off with them, throws them away. <laughs> no evidence here.
0: <laughs> yes. And then Jeff Healy plays uh, "When the Night Comes Falling from the Sky," and um, which the is inc- a Bob Dylan song, I believe. Yes. And uh, Dalton and Doc frolic in the lake. Which probably has the guns in it, to be
1: honest. Ew. And, and a dead body.
0: I assume they fished him out of there.
1: I hope so. Yes. But yeah, and then over the end credits, and everyone has a great time. Yeah, it's a good now, movie. Now this this in this end credit song, uh, let's play a, a couple of seconds of that because I want to talk about it just real quick.
0: Yes, please. I love you, yeah.
1: glad you said it was a Bob Dylan cover, because I did write in my notes that it kind of sounds like all along the Watchtower.
0: It's extremely Bob Dylan.
1: But also, I think that's why this is my favorite song that's actually on the soundtrack.
0: Oh, yeah. No, this is definitely the, the star vehicle here.
1: Yeah, this is the one. This is the one uh, that I hope everyone votes for.
0: Yes, because it rocks, but is also intellectual.
1: Mm-hmm, yes. It's so. a real thinker.
0: Mm-hmm. And Jeff Healy does a good job covering it.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. But, so, so that's the end of the movie, but there are still, um, I guess, half a soundtrack's worth of songs that are not in the film that are on the soundtrack.
0: Yes. There's really two that I want to talk about. mm mm-hmm. um, And they are Raising Heaven and Hell Tonight and Cliff's Edge by our own Patrick Swayze. Uh, let's play a clip of uh, Cliff's Edge. This is the one I like better. To
1: justify the darkness in my soul
0: they are not uh she's like the wind mm-hmm. this just shows that patrick swayze can rock a little harder
1: well you know listening to this It doesn't sound like Patrick Swayze to me, so I'm very skeptical that it may or may not actually be him.
0: It says Patrick Swayze on it, so it says it's Patrick Swayze. Uh, I could not find these in the movie, however. Neither could I. So if you know where these two Patrick Swayze tunes are in the film, please let us know at OST Party. They're good, though. Uh, I like them better than She's Like the Wind, because I always found that song really saccharine and lame. (laughs) So
1: No uh, comment.
0: Yeah. Uh are there any other uh songs you want to talk about on the Roadhouse soundtrack?
1: Um well there's there's the little feet song Rad Gumbo, yes. which is kind of fun, but it doesn't really fit this movie at all.
0: <laughs> no 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 it does not.
1: Not a single bit. <laughs> it's I I don't know. It's it's it gets a little bit more into like I guess the the Cajun flavor that this movie just doesn't really have. Yeah, I don't even it, know why it's here.
0: <laughs> it's just there, um, uh, you know, for kicks.
1: Why not? I yeah. guess yeah. They
0: needed to fill out the soundtrack, and they couldn't get the rights to Shaboom. I guess.
1: Mm, fair enough. So. And then I, I, the the last one is um, a Good Heart by Chris McKay. Now that's I mistook that for the one that. Uh, uh, the bartender sings earlier in the film, but that's not the case. No, 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 no. I so, actually don't
0: even remember this song. So
1: eh, it's on the soundtrack. If you want to hear it, we'll put it in the show notes.
0: Yes. Um. So, what are your thoughts then on this as a soundtrack?
1: Uh, I'll say this: it's a really quick listen. Like I put it in the it put it in the CD player in my car and drove around town, back down and back. Listened to it twice, and it, a lot of it went in one ear and out the other.
0: Yeah, it's um. This is again, we're sort of in a dad series, but it's Roadhouse. You're not here for the soundtrack; you're here for that sweet, sweet Swayze action.
1: That's right. But also, I noticed that like th- they space out the Jeff Healy songs on the soundtrack, mm-hmm. and I think that might be because so many of them kind of run into one into the other. Yeah, that, like if you didn't put Bob Seger and Otis Redding in between, nobody would listen to this at all.
0: Yeah, like, that's fair. I-
1: I can't imagine anyone listening to this start to finish. I might actually be the first one ever in human history. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if if I had to listen to one, two, three, four Jeff Healy songs back to back, not saying it would be a bad time, but I don't know that I could recall any of them yeah. for you.
0: Yeah, they're not. And again, that knock on wood isn't there. Uh, yeah. You yeah. know, some of the better ones aren't really even on the soundtrack. Mm hmm so
1: so it's it's an it's an odd duck of an an album i'll say that
0: it's not great for especially given how fucking great the movie is it's really (laughs) an experience so yeah so any uh any last thoughts on roadhouse
1: no i think that's pretty much it this is this is uh a far grittier gorier movie than i was expecting (laughs) i've seen bits and pieces over the years but like put them all together and then add the violence back into it man this is a hell of a movie i know
0: and it gets dark really fast and then gets back to light and it's this is the kind of movie they really don't make anymore much as shane black tries to
1: Uh, he really wants to be the next roadhouse auteur yes i believe it. now there
0: is a sequel to roadhouse it's called roadhouse 2 In it, uh, it's Dalton's son, and the implication is that Dalton is dead, therefore it is not canon, it is stupid and terrible, and I hate it. It's not real.
1: But uh, I may or may not be wrong about this. One of the special features on the Roadhouse 2 DVD is an audio commentary by one Kevin Smith.
0: Yes, I don't know why. Kevin Smith is not... In Roadhouse, and the uh, everyone knows that the predominant scholar on Roadhouse is one Michael J. Nelson.
1: Yes, this is a fact. Mm-hmm. So, so I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. Any uh, that's uh, that's, I don't know why.
0: Yeah, if you know, <laughs> find us at OST Party. If you're Kevin Smith, explain yourself. <laughs>
1: explain. Tell us, please. Oh you Lord, need to figure it out. So yeah if if the uh if the roadhouse 2 commentary is worth a listen let us know if you've actually listened to it i would i'm curious now all right well with with uh that roadhouse adventure behind us libby uh what's what do we what do we have planned for next week's episode
0: so we've talked so much about movie soundtracks because it's a movie soundtrack podcast but what if we talked about the movie stars doing their own rock and roll albums. Oh no. Oh yes.
1: Oh no. <laughs> oh
0: yes. So we're going to ta- count down, I don't know if there are top or bottom 10 uh, celebrity album or celebrity singles. It's going to be an fucking audio, wild, it, yo.
1: An audio listicle 10 celebrity singles to watch out for.
0: <laughs> Maybe there'll be a good one in there, I doubt it.
1: We'll we'll find out we'll certainly find out next time yes oh uh so libby where can our listeners find you on the internet you can find me
0: at libby cudmore on twitter you can find me on instagram at record underscore saturday or you can listen to me talk about fx's the shield over on the shattered shield podcast joe where can they find you
1: Y'all can find me on Twitter, at Cordial Wombat, or you can find me on the Christmas Creeps podcast, talking about Christmas movies all year round, um, at Christmas Creeps on Twitter. And uh, stay tuned on Christmas Creeps tomorrow. We're dropping a brand new episode with Libby as a guest. It's going to be great.
0: Yes, I'm excited. We had fun.
1: It's going to be fun. All kinds of fun stuff coming your way in the not-too-distant future. So if you want to send us uh, questions or comments or suggestions for future soundtracks, uh, you can send those to us on Twitter at OSTParty or uh, email us at ostpartypod@gmail.com. at uh, Like this podcast on whatever podcatcher or downloader you're using to listen to this show uh star ratings and reviews are absolutely appreciated we want to get this show to as many people as we possibly can so definitely uh help us out with that this holiday season and tell a friend
0: yes and uh since it is thanksgiving we are thankful for all of you we are thankful for patrick swayze and joe i'm thankful for you this is really fun i enjoy doing this every week
1: I'm thankful for you as well. Yeah. I do enjoy this. <laughs> so happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy thanks- uh, to our international-
0: Swaysgiving.
1: Happy Swaysgiving. And to our international li- listeners, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll catch you next time. Uh, so for OST Party, I'm Joseph Wade.
0: And I'm Libby Cutmore.
1: Buy the ticket.
0: Take the ride.
1: It's my way or the highway, this Christmas at my bar. I'll have to smash your kneecaps if you bastards touch my car. I got the word that Santa has been stealing from the till. I think that that right jolly old elf better make out his will. Oh, let's have a Patrick Swayze Christmas one and all. And this can be the haziest. This can be the laziest. This can be the swayziest Christmas of them all! Ah, la 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 la! la, la. Oh, oh. How uh, long uh, before it becomes a standard? I think you got to come with me. Come on! Ah!